it has the potential if you continue this type of format that it could be the coolest book club ever. I don't even want to say spiritual, but it's more of like a mental health book way before that people were even talking about mental health in the culture as quote. You know, reflecting on this book kind of gives you the answer to that, right? If you want to be a legend, if you want to be remembered through the decades, then the answer here, right? Like, it's not about the possessions. It's about the legacy that you leave behind. Every generation for thousands of years has lived the same exact thing that you're living right now. We have the answers for you. The idea of philosophy and the idea of what what it means to kind of uh, to be a man and that your your life and your destiny is is either in the hands of nature or the hands of the gods you know all these different things it still kind of rings true but it's such a great way to to try to put your life in perspective so we're here today we're going to talk about letters from a stoic written by the man that doesn't need a last name seneca no he does have a last name uh, but the man that's known by one name, it's Seneca. True. I like it. He, he's like Cher before there was Cher. Lucius Aeneas Seneca. Let's dive in. Let's go. What's up, Jeff? Welcome to the show. Episode number one. I love it. Thank you very much. Number one. I feel like number one. I am very excited for what we're doing here. This is a cool concept. I don't think it's anything that I've seen really done in, in podcasts as a whole. I am Jeff Parker, AKA J.A. Parker Art. That is my name that I moonlight by. Anybody that's checked me out, I am primarily working in the mini comic space, digital art, NFTs are the latest and greatest, but please check me out. It's all done through my iPad. I have been doing work since 2016, comics for kids, comics for adults, and all that fun stuff in between. But thank you for having me, brother. I'm hoping that, you know, people that listen to this show end up getting a good understanding of this book, but also um, a better understanding of it just by listening to some of our personal um, stories around it and our own experiences and just with our character and, and kind of our life journeys, right? Like being able to kind of reference certain things in this book. I hope people will get something from it and then maybe even pick up the book and, and choose to read it. But if you don't want to pick up the book and read it, at least you can get, you could feel good for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's, that's it right there. You, you get yeah. that. You're going to get that dopamine rush. What better way than from, from reading? Yeah, it's, especially from this man that was born around the, the time of Jesus Christ. I, and this is a, a very interesting time where you had really nothing better to do than sit down with your fellow man or woman and share ideas. And, and of course, the, there was always a level of, of artistry going on and, and carpentry and, you know, these beautiful, incredible things that they were doing. But... You know, how cool is it that you could sit down and nobody was staring at their cell phone and you really, you sat there looking at someone eye to eye and discussed ideas or maybe even challenged ideas, which which led us to where we are today. Well, you know, um, I, I think that we do have that today, but unfortunately, I think a lot of the attention span has dwindled and a lot of spontaneous type of uh, reaction to things. And it's almost, you know... It, it's kind of become just the way it is, right? Like everyone is clickbait happy. Everyone loves the headlines. It's very difficult to find uh, someone that will, you know, conversate and, and try to actually get the right material to make an adequate response, you know? And I think it's difficult right now too, unlike what we're gonna discuss with Seneca, it's very difficult right now too for people to ascertain the truth because a lot of times, to your point, 
there may be this really flashy, catchy title or the headline of an article, and you know maybe the important topics or maybe the the point of what they want to get to is in paragraph eight. Letters from uh, a Stoic is a book that was uh, written uh, by Seneca, um, which was a a philosopher that practiced Stoicism. And uh, he was born around the same time as uh, Jesus Christ. He had a very interesting life. Um, and the introduction to this book really, really paints a really good picture of like his his kind of his 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 prog progress towards his career, his his health, his life. And I felt like the intro to this story alone was just like something to get you boom connected. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this book is structured? So how would um, how would somebody pick up this book and read it? My personal recommendation for Seneca's letters, because again, you know, I, we use this analogy um, casually when we talk about this. You know, this is not like reading, you know, The Hobbit, where it's going to be a, a straight read through. I very much recommend for anyone that's going to pick this up, for anybody who is interested in some of the topics we're talking about today, I would probably say take the approach to read several letters. It could be one, it could be five at a time. And as these things begin to really, really take hold in your mind, then stop. I would say completely stop, take the night, maybe go right to bed, think about the things that you've read over and just embrace them. Embrace them in your day-to-day, -day, your own personal philosophy, your mindset. Because I don't think you're going to get as much out of it if you said, oh, I can read this whole thing in one day. I think you, you would do a disservice to yourself and do a disservice to your friends and the people you talk to. Um, because I think you're inevitably going to find things, different gems within this book and sit there and say, you know what, this is how I've been thinking this, I've been believing this, but I didn't quite know how to put words to it. Absolutely. So this book, um, you know, it has an introduction by 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 um, the translator or the author or uh, you know whoever wrote this, uh, whoever translated this book. Because yeah. this book was written in four A.D. or thirty seven A.D. or and something like Seneca that. Seneca was born in four B.C. Four B.C. So. so this book was written. God, the original was written. God knows when. Um, so obviously this book has been translated, right? And 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 Penguin, I think, did this one. Yeah. So this is Penguin. Penguin did this one, and what they did was they kind of took. The, this obviously wasn't written in English. This was written Absolutely. in uh, yeah. in Greek. Yeah. Yep, ancient Greek. Yeah. Ancient Greek, right? So they translated this, and they kind of try to make it a little bit more relevant, right? And if today's, you know, it, it, so it's 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 readable, right? Like you, it's probably not. It's like the Bible. Right? Very it's much. Been, so. It's been. Yeah. It's exactly like the Bible. Like this yeah. book stands the test of time as like the Bible. Absolutely. So yeah. so besides the introduction here, you have the letters, and what they what the what Penguin has done as the publisher. Is they've selected, um, you know, I don't know how many letters there are. They skip. It goes up to letter, um, I think there's like 140 letters. It comes up to a letter 123 in this book, but there's a lot of missing ones. Like you mentioned, they're missing letter one. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and there's other ones that skip. So they skip a lot of letters. I think altogether you probably have, let me see, four, five, six, probably have like 15, 20 letters in this book. I could be wrong. I didn't count them. Um, but what I found to be very helpful was as I was reading these letters, Apart from, uh, you want to read this book with a flashcard or a notepad, and you really want to try to take away things that you like and either highlight them in the store, in the book, underline them, do something. But also what I found helpful, personally, Jeff, is 
there's just so much to highlight and under and underline. There's a lot. Yeah, I, I could almost I would almost make an argument that I could have sat there with the highlight and just highlight the whole page, it, right? Yeah, the book would have been blue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look at my book, right? Like, yeah, and I'm sure yours looks exactly the I, same. Like, you have marks everywhere. I agree. And, and one thing that I actually took from you, and I, I don't mean to toot your own horn, but you had said something early on when I started reading this one, and you had mentioned that you had been carrying the book around with you everywhere that you went. And I ended up getting to the habit, you know, you can see I got my backpack here for, for work and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I actually threw Seneca in, Letters from a Stoic, and started carrying it with me every day. And moments throughout the day or lunch breaks or, or things like this where I had some downtime, I found myself either rereading some of the letters or opening it back up. But, you know, the, the wear and tear is there. Yeah, absolutely. Lately, this thing's been at the gym with me at like in the morning. I've been on the treadmill just... You know, so I reread this again, right, to, for this show. Um, it, it only took me about a week and a half to read it, which is it's a very easy book. I mean, there's 230 pages. Um, yeah. um, but the letters are very well, I don't know if it was in the original letters but, or in the publication, but the letters themselves are very, I think, all relative to a theme. Like, you can kind of catch, like, a vibe of what he's trying to uh, write in the letter. So, like, one thing that I did is, like, I have... Uh, like a, an index card here, right? And, and it's like letter two, um, you know, do one thing, do it well, don't jump around. Um, you know, uh, I can't read my old handwriting sometimes. And, and obviously that one was a little bit more, a little bit more verbose, right? Like I kind of mentioned a lot, but like yeah. down here, it's like letter 41, spiritual, God, divine. Letter 46, discipline and reading. Um, letter 48, friendship. Letter 54, death. So it's like, you know, sometimes I put a little asterisk if something in that letter meant a lot to me. Yeah. But the way that I'm going to take this book for the rest of my life now, or at least while I remember it, right, is like if I come to a, a point in my life where I'm like, I need to, I need something to help me get through this, or I, I could use some wisdom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at this index card. and I'm going to be like, all right, you know, where where should I go? Like, where, and, and this is kind of like a navigational guide right it's Absolutely. like a because yeah. you don't really get it in the book so i thought that was like a really cool way to read and, the book and it's also not fair for you to sit there or anyone really to say okay we need you to memorize every single letter every single page and, and every word and i just think as far as stoicism and, and philosophy goes not every single thing is going to sit there and ignite that spark in your mind but if you have that flashcard, as you had mentioned, or if you have that whatever tool you decide to use, I mean, it could be your notes section in your phone, anywhere that you can sit there and jot down those specific pieces that Seneca mentions that really rings true to you, then that, that for me, is probably the best approach for this book as a whole. Yeah, and those things that ring true to you will always change. You're right, and I, and I think that was... You know, we talk about the the social media type algorithms. You know that it probably this book probably would never have been presented to me two years ago, five years ago. You know, it, it kind of came at the very perfect time in our culture and in society. I think it was, hey, we're all I don't want to say getting older, right? But we're all you know we're not teenagers anymore, but we're all getting to the point where we're thinking more long term. We're thinking about how can we be better for not only the planet but for the culture of society as a whole in our day-to-day -day interactions our family interactions and i think that having the world slow down a little bit this was the perfect time to have 
letters from a Stoic right there in the forefront um, of our minds and on our reading list. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad it came across your desk and you picked it up, and we could have this conversation, man. Like, it's really awesome. Yeah, I I think you know there are probably very few other books that I I would say in this time period, you know, maybe other than the Bible, right? But there are probably very few other books in this time period that I would say this is a, a must read because you're absolutely going to pull things out of it that will change your perspective for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So so Seneca himself was a beast, right? Like this man, um, you know, he's he went through so much. He he traveled the world. He was kicked off, uh, kicked out of his country placed on an island by himself yeah uh he 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 molested the emperor he slept with the emperor's mom filthy rich filthy rich had He's, horrible seasickness and dove off of a ship and, he and said you know that. what if you're not, if you're not gonna pull over i'm going no <laughs> he was a straight beast he, but um you know and he also lived this life where um he would come he, he would he, he really focused on philosophy and he really um, would would try to um, teach and and provide his wisdom um, at a, at his later parts in life to this to this boy to this to this guy Lucilius yeah Lucilius Lucilius and, and you're right I, I think you know all joking aside it it really was like a compendium of his life to say like okay here's everything that I've learned up until this moment I have to get it down now and show you in terms of stoicism and the philosophy here's everything that i've learned and everything that i want to pass on and there were multiple schools like we talk about universities or, or colleges you know it, that's what philosophy was then right it was just a bunch of different schools of thought and different philosophers challenging ideas to each other so it's kind of cool to see in this letter format him telling lucilius hey here's here's everything i've learned until right now take it and put it in your own mental blender and make it a part of who you are yeah i love that man that's well said and uh he um he came across as this man that um maybe didn't necessarily do the the right things in his life right like he caught himself in in a lot of trouble i mean he was you know punished to an island for uh you know maybe it wasn't his fault maybe maybe the kings at the time were a little paranoid however um you know, he went through a lot and maybe didn't make the best decisions himself. I mean, he had multiple wives. Mm -hmm. He, um, you know, he did become filthy rich. To, at what expense? We don't know. Yeah. Um, but he, um, you know, he really preached to this to this young man, like, really, you know, have, your friendship is, the friendships are very important. Uh, be, you know, don't, don't, um, don't be too much into material possessions. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid of death, right? Like, don't, don't cry, if, like, there's so much that we can learn that we're going to talk about that we that we that we get through this book, um, but you know himself as Seneca, he was a very interesting guy. And I think it's really really important to when you look at someone's art as a whole, and, and writing is is very much someone's art form. It it's important to separate the individual from the ideas behind it. And I don't think it's fair to lump everything in all together. And, and what I've read and everything that I've, I've gathered from the book, you know, whether I agree with Seneca and his personal choices in his life, is, I definitely don't. But I would say this, that the letters to Lucilius 
there are a lot of things, as you mentioned, death included, that are serious life lessons that we should we should incorporate into our own mindset. And you know, even the the concepts of, of death and not running away from these things, and it, it's kind of all in the hands of nature, and it's all in the hands of of the gods. You know, we start our life from birth running towards death. And, and there's no way to avoid that piece of it. So I I take lessons like that and I take those kind of concepts as pieces that will become part of my moral fiber. And you know, you have to separate that from whatever Lucilius did on, on his own, or I'm sorry, whatever Seneca did on his own. You know, I, I'm not as interested in, in him as an individual as I am his writings. Okay, that's interesting that you say that because you, sir, are an artist. Yes, thank you. And, and you know, I, I would certainly say this while I, I have made it a point and I've made it part of my uh, personal creed or, or lifestyle, whatever you will, you know, the power of positivity and doing unto others and certainly trying to hopefully make the world a, a better place in, in my very small way of comic strips or, or drawings and hopefully making some people laugh. You know, I, I would hope that if anyone is out there that is saying, well, I, maybe I don't like him as an individual, you can still separate the art from it. And that that's the, the biggest piece. And this happens, we see this today with, you know, we'll pick on J.K. Rowling, for example, right? Everybody loves Harry Potter. Maybe people disagree with her personal choices. I think where we really get stuck as a society is trying to meld the two, right? We try to say, like, you must be your art rather than your art standing on its own. And I think if we get to that point, um, we can appreciate more things in writing like Seneca or uh, a J.K. Rowling or, or things like that. We don't need to agree with these individuals, but we need to understand that the art is its own thing. Okay. Yeah, and it's also like, you know, if he didn't go through those things, maybe he wouldn't be so wise. Well, that's actually a great point. I, mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, any of us, I mean, if hell, if you fell off your bike as a kid, it, it's probably in some way informed who you are today. Yeah. You know, if you had a, a, a bad experience somewhere or someone was rude to you and you thought, okay, well, I'm not... I don't want to do that ever. I don't want to treat people like that ever. You probably wouldn't be who you are right now without it. If we all lived in this kind of perfect bubble and you never had catalysts to change who you are, then of course you certainly wouldn't be the person you are today. You, you would never have the experience to, to make you otherwise. You certainly would never have a mindset for stoicism. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't even probably um, be attractive to you. Of course. Yeah. I mean, today, look at what we go through every single day. Men, women, children, everyone's bombarded with these different aspects of social media. You know, if you Google something, hey, it's going to tell you you need to buy this right now. Where stoicism tells us otherwise to say, you know, we're going minimal, right? Where, where you want to focus on less of your household furnishings and more on who you are as a person and what are your ideas. Yeah. So there's just so much great stuff to pick up in these letters. Um, like one of the ones that I have right here just in front of me, I'm just going to read it. It's just... This is the kind of stuff that sticks out to me, and really, what I found was the the, and maybe it's just because like, you know, I didn't read this all in one or two sittings. Obviously, I read it, I read it in like a week and a half. But the first several letters are my favorite, um, and then I have some at the end that are really nice. Uh, but in this letter five, he says, um, uh, I I view with pleasure and approval the way you keep on at your studies and sacrifice everything to your single minded efforts to make yourself every day a better man. And again, just to set the context here, right? This is Seneca writing a letter to Lucilius. And he says, I do not merely urge you to persevere in this, become trying to become a better man every day. I actually implore you to, to. Let me give you the one piece of advice. 
and I love this, refrain from following the example of those who craving attention, not for their own improvement. By doing this, certain things, uh, which are calculated to give rise to comment on your appearance or a way of living generously. He says, avoid shabby attire, long hair, unkept beard, right? And basically what he's saying here is don't follow the crowd, right? Yes. Don't follow the crowd, but don't also be so ex exaggerated with things, right? And I think that's a very good uh, society, like a good tip in, in anyone's life, right? It's like, don't follow the crowd because usually crowds are wrong, eh? Yes. But also you don't have to, you don't have to be intentionally so against the grit with things mm -hmm. to stick out. Because if yeah. you're doing it just for attention, you're probably on the wrong, your, your, your motives are incorrect. And you could very well end up hurting people that you never set out to do. You know, you never, just because you're trying to stand out from the crowd or you're just trying to ruffle someone's feathers. Or you're just so into trying to get attention that you don't really care about, you're not really considering other people's feelings or their, them at all, right? It's strictly yeah. just about you. So I really love that uh, quote on, on Seneca, and there's just so much um, this in this letter here that I just have highlighted. Five was was definitely powerful. Um, I did want to share this one. We we were talking about uh, mental health to a degree, and uh, you know, obviously, anxiety is a massive thing for a lot of people that that they struggle with. And I, I thought this was kind of interesting uh, because this is way before we we ever had these conversations. And Seneca says, "Wild animals run from the dangers they actually see." And once they've escaped them, worry no more. We, however, are tormented alike by what is past and what is to come. A number of our blessings do us harm, for memory brings back the agony of fear, while the foresight brings it on prematurely. Wow. So I, I, that was something that I thought... What, which letter was that, Jeff? Sorry. So that was actually out of letter number five as well. Oh, that was letter like five too. And as you had said too, you know, Seneca, maybe even unintentionally, I mean, he comes out of the gate pretty hot. These first kind of ten letters, um, he's swinging for the fences, yeah. and we're covering so many different topics that are way before their time. But I also almost wonder if the Stoics and philosophers in Seneca's time did they already know this stuff, and maybe we lost the knowledge along the way. I think that the knowledge is still present in a lot of us. Um, I feel like this is more so a when I read this and, and again I'm not trying to stand on any soapbox here I'm certainly I'm, I, I certainly am not a perfect like I don't I don't think I'm perfect I don't try to be perfect but I do try to I do love self-improvement right and that's kind of why I I feel like I, that's why I am where I am right it's because I never I I, 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 I try right I, I learn I constantly am trying to pick something new so I think a lot of this is actually just kind of like a, a strict reminder and it's like whoa this was from back in the day. And a lot of this is about being good, right? Like he uses he uses God, right? Uppercase G in this book. So he believes in the higher power. I right? 100%. Yes. And, and, the, and God is about loving loving someone else, loving, loving everyone else, right? Like having love for people. And I think like a lot of this here is a reminder. There's one part of this letter, uh, in these letters, I can't, I don't know where it is right now. I would find it. But he writes about, hey, Lucilius, I found this article or this something, right, in this book, and I've actually went and I highlighted them for you. It's here, like, I did the work for you. And he writes, it's in one of these beginning uh, stories. And I just thought like that, for me, I was like, wow, that's great, because that means that this man is so thoughtful that, you know, he's elderly and he's dealing with his own things. And, you know, granted that this whole letters could be fake, right? We don't know that. Sure. But however, just the, the thought of idea, like, you know, like that reminder, like, let me do something nice for someone else. It's just so powerful to me. 
it, it's like Seneca's giving Lucilius the cheat codes for his life here. He's like, hey, and I think we've all felt that way, right? Is you talk to someone maybe younger than you or you know, starting out on their career path, for example, it's like the best thing that you can do is tell them what you wish you knew at that age, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's on them to hopefully fight a fixed mindset and hopefully understand that in every single interaction, in every single conversation, there's something to be learned. And if they can embrace that piece of it, hopefully just as Lucilius did, if he is a real or was a real individual, yeah. um, took the, the lessons that Seneca sent and, and embraced them in his life. Yeah. Too bad we couldn't go back in time and get a... Uh, the hangout would be interesting. I'll get a retrospective from Lucilius. Yeah. How it, did things work out 30 years later? He says here, um, one of my favorite things, on, in, like one of the quotes that I love in this book is actually in letter six. And um, it's on page 40 of the Penguin version. And I have underlined, asterisks, bolded, put parentheses around this. There is no one enjoying the possession of anything valuable unless one has someone to share it with. Okay. That was one of my favorite parts of this book because that's just a reminder why we go to work every day, why we invest, why we try so hard. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you can have everything you want. If you're lonely, and I've seen this firsthand, right? Like I have... People that I know, people in my life that are, they, they have all the money in the world, but they, they're they in a bad place mentally. Yeah. What's the point? And I want to show you one thing first, because I, I do think that this is a topic that we should kind of continue on here. But it's a it's amazing that you had picked this. <laughs> <laughs> because, and, and yeah. for those of you listening in, obviously you can't see it, but I have literally the same exact sentence highlighted. And yeah, I think that that's crazy. Th- this is going to be, you know, extrapolated by infinitely more people who take the time to sit here and read this because I think we're all thinking the same exact thing, right? We all know the right thing to do. We all know the the lessons that we want to live and that we want to learn. But you're right. It's if you don't have people to share in your life all the, the blessings and all the good things that you do have, then what is the point of it all? It, it's very much so the the idea that you can't take it with you so why wouldn't you want to share the love, right? Share the wealth, so to speak. And I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that they feel that greed and maybe there's a, a separate hole in their life or a, a kind of darkness there that they feel the need that if they can just fill it with money or keep throwing material possessions at it, that somehow that hole is going to go away. But it's a, it's a bottomless pit. And I think if you feel yourself and you feel yourself kind of falling into that horrible cycle then this book is going to be one of those things that will help you break that cycle and maybe understand that you should behave differently or try a new path if what you're doing right it's like the the definition of stupidity if you're doing the same thing over and over again and you're not getting an actual result you know you, you have to flip the script you have to do something different and assume everything you've done up until that point is completely wrong that's a great point man and it's like I think a lot of people might feel like or might have that thought in the back of their head, right? But they might be confused. They might not know, like, is it, what's right? What's wrong? I don't know. Like, do do I care? Do I not care? Right? Is do, should I keep going? Should I should I should I should I settle? Right? Should I? Um, but you know, I think I think this book, or you know, reflecting on this book, kind of gives you the answer to that, right? If you want to be a legend, if you want to be remembered through the decades, then the answers are here, right? Like, it's not about the possessions. It's about the legacy that you leave behind. 
it, it is, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, we should all be very, very conscious of of what we leave behind and how people think of us because our our time, right, it's not infinite. So we're here for a very set portion of time. And, you know, I, I think I try to fight this in my own mindset because even making art, I'm like, okay, well, this is a way to um, to try to, you know, live forever, not in a in a, a greedy or evil way, but it's a way much like letters from a stoic. You know, this has existed long past Seneca's time, with incredible lessons that are still here for all of us to to use and, and appreciate. Absolutely. Letter fifteen talks about friendship. Mentions it brings up the term fair weather friendships, which I thought was a really interesting terms. Let me um I have something I have highlighted here. Let me see. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. With people taking it significant, the man who was unable to endure anything that goes badly for him instead of what we mean by it. The man who refused to allow anything goes badly for him to affect him. Said or not, is, hold on, there's no context there. Hold on. There was a lot that I had highlighted here. Um, I know this one was I, a lot about friendship. I do have a good one from letter 15 I would like Let's, to share with you. Please. So as we move on throughout the book, and, and obviously I, I don't want to do a book reading here for everyone because I want them to appreciate it themselves. My hopes are that what we can do is we can share some pieces that really resonated with us in the book. So if we jump to letter 15, you know, out of the gate here, Seneca says, our ancestors had a custom observed right down as far as my own lifetime of adding to the opening words of a letter. I trust this finds you as it leaves me in good health. We have a good reason to say, I trust this finds you in pursuit of wisdom. I love that. I actually have that highlighted too. My well, I, I believe it. And I think not only just the, the two of us, but I believe there are going to be a lot of people that are kind of hanging on to the same types of sentences. It's like this aha moment. They're sitting there going, wow, this is something spoken can you, long before our time. Can you read what that says right there in my handwriting on the side of that I, section? I, you it's three letters. You, you literally have a wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of wows I, in this and, book. And I think that even that is such a great way to capture these different sentences and paragraphs to sit there and reference later. Or who knows? I mean, maybe this is something you want to hand down to you know, your kids or your kids' kids and, and say, hey, this is... This was a, a big eye opener for me, you know, in my my early thirties, in a point where I was getting into the quote unquote adulthood of my life, and when I was learning to be a, a man or a woman, and this is something that I wanted to use as a tool that I want to give to you. And I think, you know, letter fifteen, it can kind of continues that that pace. There's there's just so much, and even the first quarter of this book. Um, that really smashes it out of the park for me. There's just so much in this book. Um, you can really you think of you think of a subject and you can find uh, some something related to it. Any sort of issue or, or challenge that you might have in your life right now, you could probably get some real solid advice from a very wise man that made a lot of money, that was very very um, um, you know respectable, very influenceable. I mean, this man. This man Seneca actually was a this man Seneca actually was an advisor to the to the emperor. That's how some people even think that he was the one pulling the strings, right? Like the emperor was just the face. This guy was the one running the show. So this guy was very influenceable. This guy was very smart. Um he was a very wise man and you know what he loved to do? He loved to read. He loved to f f sit down with other people, chat, conversate, maybe disagree. 
Yeah, right. and, and this is not unlike how we even talk about politics to this day, right? It's, you know, the president for the most part is a, a, a salesman, right? Yeah. They're selling the ideas, but, you know, who is really sitting there, you know, writing and, and mastering the ideas? And I think for Nero, Seneca was very much so the one spearheading where he wanted the country to go and where he wanted uh, the culture to go. How the government worked, essentially, right? Like he, he was part of the big Roman, uh, the, the big growth of the Roman Empire. Um, there, there's just so much different subjects in this book, right? Just some, you know, anything from friendship, influence, aging, philosophy, fasting, and death. And even, you know, this this is a great one too. Uh, letter 16. What page, sir? So if you can move to 65. Oh, 65, yep. So letter 16 on page 65, you know, there, there's kind of like a a common saying right where it's like don't keep up with the joneses and you know one of the, the great ones here you know seneca is way ahead of any of this right so they must have they must have been living the same thing at this time as we were here that's just so funny that you say that because that is something that i always that comes to my mind too as i'm going through these letters and i'm studying it and i'm trying to absorb it and see how it kind of you know shapes can shape my day-to-day -day or relatable to me right it's like I get that same vibe. Like these guys really were dealing with the same thing that we are. Nothing has changed, and we're not talking, you know, two years ago, five well, thirty years, years ago. ago. We're not even talking thirty years ago. Yeah, and well within our, you know, way past our grandparents' lifetime, right? What, what we're talking about is, it's like the same themes throughout human history is exactly what we're living right now. So either culturally, we're not sitting here pointing them out, saying, "Listen." Every generation for thousands of years has lived the same exact thing that you're living right now. We have the answers for you. You know, I, I think we need to be more conscious about that. You know, those are the types of things that I wish I knew as a kid growing up. Yeah. It's like, you know what, if you're ever feeling like you're alone or you're feeling like an, an outsider, you don't have the answers, like the answers are all like right here. It's already been written for a thousand years, two thousand years, you know, whatever it ends up being. So, you know, a good one, as we had mentioned, you know, the, the keeping up with the Joneses, right? So Seneca says, whatever is well said by anyone belongs to me. Here is another saying, and now he's, he's quoting Epicurus. Here's another saying of Epicurus. If you shape your life according to nature, you will never be poor. If according to other people's opinions, you will never be rich. Absolutely. And, and it's that idea of if you're constantly looking to try to impress and keep everyone else happy, you're never going to be rich because you will go completely poor trying to buy items, hoping that someone else cares. How many people are on the highway on 195 today, maybe driving a super expensive car that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have or maybe they don't need or, or maybe they, they can or can't afford um, in hopes that someone else looks over at them when really... Everyone else on 195 or everyone else on that highway or that road, they don't really give a shit. They're driving their own car. They're, they're, everyone is thinking that they are the main character in the story. And I think that that's a problem culturally that we have. Everyone is saying, I am the main character. Hopefully everyone is looking at me times 7 billion people. And, and that's that's kind of the, I think that's the, the problem behind it, right? It, it's everyone thinking the same thing. Everyone is trying to keep up with the Joneses. Seneca knew about this however long ago and was already warning Lucilius against it. Right. And what's funny about that whole thing with being rich is he talks about in this book several times, like similar types of quotes just like that, where he says, if you 
if if you always look at what you don't have, you'll always be poor. If you just accept what you have and try to live a more minimalistic life, you'll always be rich. Of course. Because you can be rich being a slave. You can be rich being a gladiator. You can be rich being 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 a servant, right? And if so, let me just make a point again that this man was a very wealthy man. He was wealthier than the emperor. Of course. And this was his feeling towards riches. This is very much like in today's day and age. This is like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos coming out on Twitter tomorrow and saying, listen, money is not even close to being important. Like these are the highest seats of power and the most financially wealthy individuals who could turn around and say like, yeah, you know what? I got a megawatt and everything, or or mega yacht rather, and everything else is badass. But you know what though? This is not what is important. Yeah, oh, I do think they do that though, right? Like, I think if you look at like Jeff Bezos and um, t- um, uh, Elon Musk, you, you, they they're not every day grinding for the dollar, right? They're grinding for a specific purpose, right? Elon Musk trying to make us multiplanetary. Jeff Bezos has always been about customer experience, and uh, you know he just happened to have good technical people around to help build these this crazy infrastructure and all these companies, but. That's that's the difference. Like, if you were to sit in a room with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, I don't think they would talk about money. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I, I certainly can see that for sure. You know, I, I think that it is definitely that idea because he, even a lot of their the public appearances, or even you know, Elon Musk is great on Twitter between the memes and everything else under the sun. But you're right, it's not um, waving you know money around for the sake of waving money around those guys waving money around don't have any money it's like and i think that's exactly it and i think that's what seneca is kind of warning us about there in in those passages you know and i i say keeping up with the joneses you know casually but i think you're right i think it's very much so saying you you have to be comfortable in who you are and in what you have and more importantly the people around you and your message rather than what you can flaunt absolutely and these are the types of things i hope that we can take letters from a stoic and continue to pass down generation after generation because it's like the cheat codes are all here seneca says here um i want to look with you here too yeah um, i'm on page 226 um i don't want to read the whole paragraph so i'm trying to just see sure. if i can cut this out but but it says so if I'm in bed, recovering from my fatigue. Oh, okay. So this this letter right here, he's writing to Lucilius, right? And he, and he just arrived at this place in Alba late at night. He says, I just arrived and nothing's ready. Nothing's done for me. And at this point, right, we already know enough about Seneca, but he's like this wealthy man. Yes. Right? At, so like at this he, point in his life, for sure. He's richer than the emperor, right? He was oh, richer yeah. than Nero. That's why Nero wanted to kill him. Yeah. So this guy's a very successful, affluent man, has a lot of respect, very highly respectable man. So he shows up and, and there's no bread. His bed's not ready. His room is not yeah. ready. He shows up to he shows up to the Marriott, yeah. and the room is yeah. not ready. Straight baller like Seneca. Straight, yeah, yeah. Seneca's yeah. here, it's right? Like, here. And, and he says, um, you know, uh, so I, I'm in my bed, recovering from my fatigue. I just showed up. I'm making the best of the slowness on the part of the cook and the baker by carrying out a conversation with myself on this very theme. Right. So he's acknowledging the self upsetness, his, his self. I'm feeling like upset about something, and he says. Um, uh, nothing is burdensome if taken lightly, and how nothing needs arouses nothing need arouse one's irritation so long as one doesn't make it bigger than it is by getting irritated. That that is it, it's huge too, and I, I think you know part of it is is interesting. You know, I'm almost jealous of of Seneca's 
boy Lucilius there, you know, his, his buddy that he's imparting all this, this kind of wisdom in, in letters. And obviously this is a time way before you could Google anything or, or social media. So, you know, how great would it be if you had a mentor of sorts that was kind of spamming you these letters to tell you like, hey, this is our school of philosophy. This is everything that we figured. Here's what's important and here's what's not important. Because I imagine before this time, especially in ancient Greece, it's all just noise, right? Nobody knows what is legitimate, what's not legitimate, what are the things that are very important, whose God is real, whose God's not real. But right. but it's kind of, he becomes almost a, a focal point for these kind of ideas and schools of thought. And to, you know, like you had said, for somebody that that rich and, and powerful, to be even more powerful than, than the emperor, and you're not taking an approach of, I'm gonna hoard all this knowledge. He very much has the approach of, I wanna impart it to, to other people. Absolutely, and he is big on that. He is big on teaching and learning. In fact, I have a note here from Letter 108 um, that I made some notes here that learning and teaching, uh, and I actually even gave this letter an asterisk. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there, um, but maybe we can go back to that. Just real quick though, on, on yeah. Lucilius, did you get the feeling, A, that either Lucilius was not real, or B, Lucilius might have been um, his lover? You know, I, I, I didn't think about it that way, but that, that's kind of an interesting thought too, that what, you know, how deep is the dynamic between the two? It, it's one thing to have friends and it's another thing to be that passionate about who you're, you're sending the information to. You know, I definitely don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, because we know that in, you know, in, in um, Seneca's life, he, he has, um, had troubles with, uh, you know, what do they call it? Pedestry. Yeah. Pedestry, which I had to look that word up, and it means molesting a young boy. So yeah, yeah. It's what we would call so. a pedo. A pedo. Yeah, that's. That, I guess that word. That's, I guess. Yeah. Guess that that's, derives yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. Like many other things. It's on page ten. You know how do you know how to pronounce that? I've met many other things from ancient Greece. You're on. You're on ten. Page ten in the introduction. So I got that from that page, and I also got something on page two thirty. Um, in letter, uh, do, 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 which letter was that? I, these Roman numerals are kind of tough to kind of navigate. But on page 10 yeah. down at the bottom, you see here, uh, blah, 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 blah. And the introduction of the emperor to page. So he fondled, he fondled Nero, right? Because oh, the emperor was yeah. Nero. Yeah. And to pay to pay to, we'll edit it, that. It's know, definitely if, if, if we keep that. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was when I, Googled, when I, when I looked it up. It said molestation of a young man. Yeah. And then here at the end, Jeff, right? Like one of the final letters that we have, I think altogether, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's like 140 letters altogether, something like that. But yeah. we don't. We only have a subset of them here, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, at the end here on page 230, like one of the last things he says, he goes, he goes, well, it's up for discussion, but what age is it proper to love young men? Yeah. He where, wrote that in the letter to Lucius, making an, an argument for it. And it, it's funny that you say too, like we have a, a subset of the letters, even going as far as starting off with letter two. You know, in the very, yeah, in right. the very beginning, two, pa right. page 33, you know, we kick it off with, with letter two. So I almost wonder how much is, is what we're left. missing. Yeah, what, a lot we're, what we're missing. Yeah, how much yeah. Is, is beyond this between responses and, and what things were cut out. Well, that's one of the arguments that this book, um, that Lucidus doesn't actually exist, that he actually was, this actually was almost like a way of writing at the time. So, um, you know, they he would write... These, these types of journals or these types of letters but in fact there was nobody else it was strictly just to make this published it was strictly just a way of journaling like they would like he would 
this person was not real. He was not really writing these letters because there is no responses. There, there is there no, no there responses. is no, there's no proof or letters back. We have nothing. We have some faint dialogue in, in certain instances where Seneca will say, you dare question me on, on things like this. <laughs> Precisely, but, yeah. but, but we don't have anything concrete to sit there and say, okay, well, what, what is actually happening? So it, I, I guess my question is, is this the original Fight Club? Is, is Lucilius his Tyler Durden? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it's funny because as I read this book, um, a lot of this, a lot of this, the letters as I'm reading it, um, I feel like it, there's a lot of do as I say, not as I do. So I like that topic a lot. And one of the ones that I wanted to bring up to you was from letter number two. And the passage basically says, you should be extending your stay among writers whose genius is unquestionable, deriving constant nourishment from them if you wish to gain anything from your reading that will find a lasting place in your mind. To be everywhere is to be nowhere. People who spend their whole life traveling abroad end up having plenty of places where they can find hospitality, but no real friendships. I love that chapter, yeah. I love that letter. That, that's it's one kind of the of... most iconic ones. It's funny because I think that there were very few things in the book that I, I was kind of torn between where I really appreciated like the classic adage where if you chase two rabbits, you won't catch either. And that it feels that way to me. But the other thing, too, that kind of throws me off a little bit is it's almost like Seneca is saying, don't look to other writers, don't look to other stories. And I almost can't imagine today saying, OK, well, I'm only going to follow you know, one writer's books or one specific school of thought. That was probably the only part of the story overall or the letters overall that I was a little torn in between. You know, I get the argument, but I don't know if I necessarily totally agreed with that argument. Yeah, I I think I understand, like, the way I understood it was, like, um, sort of, like, don't, you know, I think he even says it in, in, in the letter, like, if you have a bookshelf full of books, then, like, it's unnecessary, yeah. right? Like, if you haven't finished the book, don't buy another one. Yeah. And personally, I'm guilty of it, right? I buy books I very easily on Amazon, right? It's one swipe, and yeah. I have a new book coming. And, and there's other books that I haven't read. Yeah. Um, I actually recently discovered something um, where it was like, I forgot exactly. I think I read it online. I think, oh, I think it might have been from James Clear. He yeah. says, um, take your age minus, like, take, take the number 100 minus your age from it. And that's how many pages of a book you should try before you give up on it. Okay, and it's like, fair. so if you're 33, you read 77 pages of a book. And if you're into it, finish it. If didn't connect, because some writers you won't connect with. Some sure. books are just too technical. They're too hard. Or they, it, maybe it's just not the right type of contacts yeah. or just not, you know, not helping you for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you maybe shouldn't waste your time. Why force yourself to do something that you don't enjoy? That's true, too. And, you know, and I, I would challenge everyone if you whether it be from hearing the podcast here or from having it the same way that I did in your social media algorithms to say, these are the top books you need to read right now to better yourself as an individual. I would probably say too, you know, this is definitely one you, you want to, you want to use that theory and you want to power through and read as many pages as humanly possible. Um, historical pieces, I, I think can be a challenge. You know, it's not as easy as a, a rich dad, poor dad, uh, it's not as easy as a zero to one where a lot of the concepts are in today's world so you can get them. But if you're willing to really read between the lines, so to speak, you can pull so much about, as we had said, your, your mental health, you know, what it means to be a, a strong individual, what it means to have 
these types of passions and really focus on them. You know, it, it's all in there if you're willing to spend the time. So I would certainly say, you know, don't give up on, on page 10. Yeah, don't give up page 10. So interesting that you bring it up. Um, how to read this book. I discovered this book by actually watching um, Ryan Holiday on YouTube. Okay. All right. So Ryan Holiday is like a modern day stoic. Sure. Right. I, that's how I kind of look at him. And he actually had a video on how to read this book and how to read. Oh, was it how to read meditations? I think it was how to read meditation. So like this isn't a story, right? Like you don't read this front to back and, you know, see what's going on. Yeah, it's not the, Harry Potter. This is a collection of letters that um, a stoic, uh, a person that practices stoicism wrote, which we believe might be not really um, even true. Right. These might just be self-published to be, you know, Kind of like, hey, I'm at the end of my life. I'm getting elderly. I'm gonna to start to just write down how I feel because I, I you know, I, I've accomplished a lot in my life. Because he, he was very accomplished. Of course, yeah, yeah. And he said, I'm gonna write these published these publications, and that is what this story. That's what this book is. This book is a collection of these letters, and inside of these letters, you really get the letters from a Stoic. Is simply just um, this man's kind of brain dumps on paper, but to kind of nurture a young man and we can use it today as a story to kind of help us guide our lives using these stoic principles so um one of the things that um you know we the what i found here interesting was like there was a good section in the introduction like about stoicism like what is stoicism i, I think that's probably a, a really great point for everyone to understand the, the concepts behind it i mean stoicism for me is very much that mindset of it's obviously very philosophical. It's very much understanding our place, not only in the world, but the place that we have in interactions with each other, being very cautious of material possessions, making sure that people understand, you know, there, there's even a, a passage about um, when someone comes in our home, they should be there to admire us rather than our, our belongings. And for me, I think that's probably the biggest piece of stoicism that kind of resonated with me is more of a minimalist lifestyle, um, more conscientious of the things that you say and the way that you carry yourself rather than trying to show off. Because ultimately that's, that's how you want to be remembered is if you, were, you and I die tomorrow, you know, I could have $10 million in the bank and nobody's going to remember the $10 million that I had in the bank, but they're going to remember our, our interactions and the way that we did carry ourselves. That, that's for me really what I took from stoicism as a philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And like, I feel like there couldn't have been a better time to really be like, <laughs> like introduced and actually diving into this at this point, right? Just because what's going on in the world. Well, that that's huge too. And, you know, as I had mentioned with the, the social media algorithms, right, it, it almost felt like the, the book was pushed, and I can only speak for myself, but was pushed to me at the right time, right? It's everyone's either quarantined or everybody's sitting at home and making sure that, you know, they're social distancing and all that fun stuff. And it was more like reading couldn't have been a better way other than for myself, you know, drawing comics, but reading couldn't have been a better way to occupy my time. And it's interesting today because everything is so fast paced and everything is a data dump and instantaneous it's interesting to now live in the last couple of years having to pump the brakes on everything slow right down things for me don't feel as 
rapid fire because now it's okay hey you're you're taking care of the things you need to but then you're going home you're being safe and taking care of your loved ones or whatever you got to do um it, given the climate but what a perfect book for it because at their time you know they didn't have social media they didn't have the technology that we have on our fingertips elon musk has said this a bunch of times you know we're basically cyborgs and, and everything is con constantly bombarding your your brain but at their time really all they had to do was to sit around and talk philosophy right seneca writing these letters you know and studying past philosophers like course. that was a big thing like, he quotes a lot of, of philosophers in his stories and Mm -hmm. And that's also like part of what he said to Lucilius too. He's like, hey, this guy said this. Yeah. And like, maybe I don't agree with that. Maybe it's like this. Or he puts his flavor on it too. And which makes this book even more interesting because you're even getting a, a step back to even like before Christ. Right? Because exactly. like, yeah, yes. it's pretty crazy. Way back. And, like, and you get like, like a said, big picture of things. Quoting not only what they said, but how did they incorporate it into their own schools of thought, into their own philosophy? And even going so much as to acknowledge that different philosophers you know, maybe they don't necessarily agree on everything, but stoicism is the overall goal. So you can kind of pick and choose which things from which schools of thought maybe resonate with you the most or um, ignite that spark, you know, in your, in your heart or in your mind that you want to really focus on. So I think it would be so interesting to really see these people almost debate each other for, for lack of a better term to say like, okay, well, well, how can we be the best stoic that, that we can be? Okay. So, so it, it's kind of cool in that sense. Definitely. How you pick up this book, how you decide that you want to let it become a part of your life, really goes, it really is up to you and how you absorb things. But, you know, basically the way that you've done it, the way that I've done it seems to be working. Uh, Jeff, letter 62, page 113. Let me see if I can jump there. Um, this was really about death and friendship. Just so many great things in this. And it starts getting heavy towards the end. It starts getting heavy. A little harder to read. The letters get longer. And later in Seneca's life, obviously, death becomes a big topic. And yeah. and I love the concepts of not running away from death. We've been we've been closing in on this from the moment yeah. of birth. So we, you know, I, I love the concepts of of death where. You know, not to be grim, but in the sense of we we've been approaching this since the moment of birth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Seneca is very, very vocal about that. Right, and what he says is instead of being, um, you know, don't worry about dying tomorrow. Worry about living today, essentially. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like in this, uh, some of the things I really liked about this letter was um, this. Actually, this letter was written to Lucilius after Lucilius' friend passed away. So, you know, he said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry to hear about your friend's death." So here's like some pep talk right like let me help you out man so on page 114 he says when one has lost a friend one's eye should neither dry nor screaming tears yes there should be but not lamentation essentially and then it's a little lower in the page it says in our tears we are trying to find means of proving that we feel the loss we are not being governed by our grief but we're parading it no one go ever goes out into mourning for the benefit merely of himself Oh, the miserable folly of it all. And there should be an element of ostentation and grief. A little lower, he says, Are you proposing that to keep your friend's memory will be just as long as we grief, essentially? So, you know, he says in here later on in here, take your eyes off of yourself, right? I lower on the page. He says, your face, your face will cease to be present 
your, your face will cease to be if it's present picture of sadness as soon as you take your eyes off of yourself. So essentially, stop worrying about yourself. Stop crying. And later on in here, he says, listen, men don't cry, right? Like, it's somewhere in here, it says something like, act like a man, right? Like, like what he's essentially saying is, you lost a loved one, it sucks, right? Like, page 116, you have buried someone you loved. Now look for someone to love. Because what's important in this world is not when that person is gone. What's important in this world is to love that person while they're still here. Absolutely. And in that same letter, that, that my favorite of all was, let us therefore go out and make the most of friends since no one can tell how long we shall have the opportunity. Exactly. And and it's really appreciating that moment with the individual. And while, you know, my, my only criticism of Seneca is he seems to have a big problem with extended grief. And I understand the concept of you know, grieving too long ends up becoming like you're looking for attention. So I, I do understand where he's saying, you know, it comes off a little harsh in the letters. Yeah, but, of course. But it's I, a very tough, difficult subject. It, and it is. And for some people, you know, they lose the loved one and, and they're never the same. Never the so same. I think there's there's a, a line being towed between appreciate the time that we have here with your friends. Let it love. be an eye-opener because that's sadly the truth. Love every moment. This, this podcast right here, right? This is going to be something we can we can look on for the, the rest of our lives because we won't always have it. So we need to appreciate in that, that stoic mindset what we're doing here. Whatever can happen at any time can happen today. Let us reflect then, my dearest Lucilius, that we ourselves should not be long in reaching the place we mourn as having reached. Incredible. Incredible. If you can live by these words, your life will significantly change. And I wonder how many people would be genuinely helped with grief in their life if they, they took the opportunity to, to read through this. Well, and, and as I mentioned, you know, maybe not uh, focusing too, too hard on Seneca's mindset of, you know, rip the bandaid off and go through it, but more so the idea of the love and appreciation of our friends and loved ones in the time we have. Exactly. Yeah, that's precisely it, Jeff. And uh, you, you said it right. Like a lot, I think this book and this idea of stoicism can be um, looked at in a negative light exactly for that idea, right? Like they look at it, oh, stoics are just into themselves. They're heartless. They're cold. They don't care. But that's not what it is, right? No, what 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 it is is we're trying to make a community, right? Let me let me jump back to the beginning, right? Like what is stoicism, right? right? From, right what from the what is stoicism? Beginning. Under it's under it goes under a variety of names or descriptions, including the you know we we're all here for the divine reason, creative reason, nature, the spirit of purpose of the universe, destiny, a personal god. Even by the way, it constitutes the traditional religion the gods. So he puts that, uh, the publisher put that here in quotes. So we don't know what why that was there, if that was part of the original. Um, it's a man's duties to live in conformity with the divine will, nature's laws, resigning himself completely and uncomplainingly to whatever faith may send him, right? Amor vate, I think it's called. Or it's one of those Latin sayings where it's like, you know, um, faith is what it is right like love your faith like what happens today it is what it is yeah, move your, forward your cards are in in their view already dealt so to see the things that happen to you throughout life and maybe the losses the wins to see it as anything else other than divine influence absolutely is wrong and you need to view it as this is part of the experience that you were set out from from birth if you can live any moment knowing that that moment can be taken away from you and be content, you have won. You will be, you won. And it's so hard. 
but it's that is the secret to living a fulfilled and happy life how often are we chasing money stature job role or whatever possessions and when we get there we just set ourselves up for the next goal and then we're right back to that grind we're right back to that mental defeat where it's like i can't get there i can't get there and then you get there because inevitably it will happen but when you do get there and I hope that everyone does. I hope you get there, of right? Course. Yeah. And I'm not saying not to challenge yourself. I'm not saying not to get there. But just remember that destination is the journey is just as important as the destination. And and I think it's it is very much so all about the journey. And I would be willing to argue there are probably very many people on their deathbed that would say exactly that. I wish that I cherished the journey a little bit more. I wish that I took the time to sit there and appreciate the things I had in front of me and you know maybe the money didn't matter or maybe the the items in their possession didn't really matter but what mattered was the the fond memories the laughs the interactions the the basic things of, of looking over at, at your loved one while they're sleeping those are the things that they sit there and the idea of stoicism is this is what you need to cherish and enjoy well I hope that you know after you leave here today that you feel that way right and I hope tomorrow you feel that way because we the way to keep it there, man, is that constant reminder. If you were to absorb this for 21 days, your life would be profoundly different. It's so hard to leave to, it's, 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 it's difficult to first come into this type of atmosphere and get into this positive mindset, right? But you can get there, especially if you have support, right? You listen to people like Jeff, listen to people like myself. It's easier to get there, right? I'm sure you're feeling really good listening to this right now, but the challenge is gonna be later tonight or tomorrow. How are you gonna get back to this feeling? Well, and, and that's the hope. And I think that one thing that I had learned from you, ultimately carrying the book around with me and having it as a reference and a, a resource to sit there and look to for the either the things that I highlighted or the pages that I folded over. And, you know, the, the book is a, a little beaten and, and some wear and tear, but obviously it's just because now we have this wealth of knowledge here from Seneca to sit there and say, you know what? I need to get that dopamine release. I need to chase that feeling again of get regrounded and, and learn those things all over again. Like, again, we don't expect anyone to memorize it, but have it as a tool because again, like that gym membership analogy, you know, as long as you have it there in your arsenal, then sky's the limit. Absolutely. Perseverance is a very is is, is a big word, right? Perseverance and he talks about that on, on, in letter 68, which starts on page 130. Just a couple quick excerpts that I really liked in this in this page. Page 134, do not go out of your way to make your troubles any more tiresome than they are and burdening yourself with fretting. A man is unhappy. A man is as unhappy as he has convinced himself he is and complaining away about one's sufferings after they are over. So don't complain, right? Try to find the positive in whatever you're doing, right? You, and, 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 you know, the torments and hardships I endured, right? No one thought I would recover, right? Seneca's right, this guy. This guy dealt with a lot of health issues, mm -hmm. right? He dealt with tuberculosis. Yep. He was on his deathbed. Um, in fact, um, you know, he... he, he eh, oftentimes in this book, he talks a lot about his health issues, right? This man had tuberculosis. He dealt with a lot of health issues. And here he is telling him, hey, I could... Even some excerpts, right? Like, hey, I couldn't breathe today, right? Like, I had trouble breathing. And now I'm feeling like I couldn't even walk. I had to like test myself just to like, you know, get to the kitchen, but I did it and now I'm here, I'm reading, I'm writing and I'm persevering. And I think perseverance is a part that 
that's how I, you know, I think that persevering is very important, a, a, a good character trait. And it's almost like Seneca is warning us in some ways about, you know, what we know now is like the victim mindset, right? And the kind of approach of woe is me. And that's certainly not to say that people aren't going through serious issues. I mean, especially in the last couple of years, um, you know, we, we people get tired of the we're all in it together kind of mindset. But, you know, that's certainly not what we're trying to say. You know, people are dealing with some real stuff. But Seneca is warning us a long, long time ago that we need to be very, very careful with this mindset because it becomes a poison. And I think when you take the approach day in and day out that the world is out to get you, you'll never find that perseverance and you'll never come up from feeling like you're in that black hole. And he's telling you right here that this is how you defeat it. Yeah. So again, there are so many different themes of, of positivity and, and positive mental health that he's giving us from long past his time it's unbelievable it really is it's so back in the day and it's still so relevant it's absolutely amazing whatever you, like expect things right he says here at the end of this chapter the end of this letter the end of letter 68 whatever you have been expecting some time like like be expecting it so when it comes it's less of a shock always be expecting the worst right hope for the best plan for the worst right you know that's yeah oh of like, course yeah 100 yeah. percent. right you do this in business all the time you know, if you can uh, plan for the worst and hope for the best. Everyone wins. Everyone wins, yeah, of course. Because, you know, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your team or the people that you look out for to make sure that they are certainly protected. And I think that that's kind of an interesting way. You know, it's like uh, you, people in business a lot of times have the, the art of war sitting there on their, their bookshelf in their office. And I, I think maybe letters for a stoic or let us from a stoic should probably be something that is right there for the reading. One of the letters that really touched me on this was a letter 108 that starts on page 200. It's really about learning and teaching, which I think is so critical because I think once you really want to master something, um, you really want to, like that, you, that only happens when you start to teach it. And I think that as we, you and I, and a lot of others, and the majority of the people that would be listening to this, um, they're in the same mindset as us, right? They're constantly learning. So everyone here, like I encourage you guys to do to do what you can to teach, right? Do what you can to inspire other people. And this actually is what he writes about in this letter to Lucilius. So he opens it up by saying, the subject you asked me about was one of those in which knowledge has no other justification than knowledge itself. Um, I don't even know why I highlighted this, but I liked it. Uh, but a little further down the letter, he says, um, oh wow, this, I actually liked all of that all the way up to the next page, so I'm not gonna read that whole thing. Just trust me, go read that chapter if you like it. Um, but in that same in that in this same letter, he says, the more the mind takes in, the more it expands. Um, a person teaching and a person learning, he said, should never have the same end in view, the improvement of the latter. Um, you mustn't take on more than we can manage. Uh, the poor lack much, the greedy, everything. There's just so much great stuff in this in this letter uh, but essentially what he says here is um go out and teach go out with your own intention to help someone else because that will help you and to me personally is one of the things that i really as i'm moving into this next sort of chapter in my life is really what i'm focusing on and that's why you know we're creating this this show we're going out we're doing a bunch of different things Really, it's about really getting everyone, getting you, the person listening to this, pumped, feeling good, because you know, I know that you're gonna go out and do the same thing 
And then that's how we make a better world. I love that. And it, it's that sense of community, even in a digital space. It's getting people together to read some of the things that either we've found influential to help people out, make them better individuals, better leaders in, in society and day-to-day -day life. And it, you know, it, it's really starting here with, with number one from Letters from a Stoic. I love it, Jeff. And I think that's a great way to come to an end here, man. Like I think we've, we've been at this for a little while and uh, it's been a really good time. And I loved hearing about your, your experiences and uh, you know, things that taught, you know, things that you liked in the store, in, in the book. So Jeff, so hit me real quick. Top things that you really enjoyed about this, the book. I gotta say number one, honestly, uh, the biggest, biggest influential piece or uh, the biggest lesson that I was able to take from this um, is actually from letter number three. I'm a big, big fan. Uh, letters, or the numbers rather, uh, the numbers three, six, and nine to manifest greatness. So from letter number three, but if you are looking on anyone as a friend when you do not trust him as you trust yourself, you are making a grave mistake and have failed to grasp sufficiently the full force of true friendship. So ultimately, anyone that you look to as a friend, as a, a brother, a fellow stoic, make sure that you're looking at them in that fashion and don't half-ass friendship. Don't have people in your circle or in your life that you wouldn't give blood for because ultimately they're not worth even having in your life. So have the people closest to you, people that you would die for, you wanna teach, you want them to learn the lessons from this book. And that is the biggest thing that I've taken away from Letters from a Stoic. Uh, this was an awesome, awesome read. Oh, powerful words, Jeff. Powerful words, powerful book. Thank you so much for having me, brother. This was huge. No problem, Jeff. It was great to have you, man. Till Thank next you very time. much. Cheers, till next time. Jeff, it was so great to have you here, man. Awesome. Thank you, brother. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, man. And I know everyone listening is really going to be um, inspired by you and they definitely want to connect with you. So if they want to get in touch with you, Jeff, how can they do it? Absolutely. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at J.A. Parker Art. You know, check out the work. Take a look. Uh, my links are all through Twitter and Instagram. Download some free comics. You know, if you have anyone else there that, that needs something good to read. I try to put out as much stuff as I possibly can for free for people to enjoy. Um, if you have you know, kids, if it makes sense, where they're sitting there and you can't afford a book or you can't do anything else, you know, check out the work. Make sure you uh, obviously proofread, do what you gotta do. But J.A. Parker Art, get on there, check it out. A lot of it's free, but uh, I love you all. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. But that's okay. No, hey, that, yeah. that's okay. I, I think this is kind of like the uh, the warm up. You know? Yeah, this is definitely the warm up. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely the warm up. Um, yeah. Well, there was a thing in here. It was one of the most recent ones. It was something along the lines of like you know, don't let things bother you, right? Yeah, and, and it has like a big stoic. You're right. I, I think um, there's a lot of these kind of tenets of stoicism and a lot of these schools of thought. Right, where you know this is a great example, right? And, and even who knows? It, let's say it all gets cut hypothetically from the, the final version. But yeah, totally. We a, just get take, take but, pieces of it. But what a great um, kind of concept to your point of you know it's to take life kind of as it comes at you, 
you know, you, a lot of this is so outside of our control. So it's like, why even stress about it? Why get angry about it? Right. How yep. many other people are, are at home right now, right? And, and their kids running around having fun and, and they're trying yeah. to do some work. And they, that's life. That is life, right? right? Yeah. Life. So, so, you know. I love it. I it's just, pure. It's, it's raw. absolutely pure. It's great. Yeah.